Welcome to episode 183 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello! And Matt Cassell. Hey. It is Monday night, February 20th, and tonight we're going to talk Matt's burning hatred for the Lego property. We're also going to talk who Matt's we would burning like... burning hatred for... <laughs> and we're going to talk Matt's burning hatred... Uh, we're gonna talk a little a little Lego movie and why Matt hates it. Uh, we're gonna talk who we want to see directing the Batman movie since uh, Matt Reeves has backed out after he was announced as the new director. And we're gonna get into a little Spider-Man hatred, which is one of the things we do best here on the McSauce Podcast. The Mick Hate Podcast. No, we're kind of known for it. Let's uh, let's live up to it tonight. But before. We live up to uh, what we're known for, and we're also known for housekeeping. If you want to, sharply. If you want to dig into the archives of hatred, the the bowels of our disdain for all things comic book and movie and pop culture, check out. If you want to hear us hate on the status of Spider Man, just you can pretty much check like every other episode. Spider Man hate through the years is as it is. You can check out said hatred on mixsauce.com. We have reviews of our hatred. We have comic strips solely dedicated to hating on Spider-Man in this podcast, which, you know, from time to time we hate on things. I think that we're, I think we're fair. Are we not fair? Are we not honest? Maybe not fair. We're honest all the time. We're honest. Is honesty unfair? Um, I guess not, right? No, we're fair and honest. We are honest to ourselves. We're fairly honest. If we believe Dan Slott has Do we been ever doing lie on this a terrible podcast? job, that's our opinion. So as far as this podcast goes, he has been doing a terrible job. Yeah, he has been doing a terrible job. He's been doing a ter- terrible job for about a decade now. I don't know how In, long it's been. But... Are there more housekeeping notes? <laughs> sure, sure. I'll I'll burn through the old housekeeping. Like I said, McSauce.com. You can also check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher, Podomatic. Those are all the different places that you can find us. If someone wanted to actually watch us, is there a YouTube page? Yeah, you can go type in McSauce, M-C-S-O-S-S. And you can find our YouTube channel, and you can also check out the Instagram page. You can find each of our individual Twitter Twitters on uh, Twitter. (laughs) Is that it? uh, Now I got one more thing. Over this weekend, I was uh, fortunate enough to be on a roundtable with some of our other podcast brethren over at Big Eyebrow Studio. I was uh, able to guest on More Than You Can Chew with my friend Tiffany Moore, as well as Ryan McCormick and a few other people. We had a wide-spanning conversation about politics and history and a bunch of other stuff that popped into our heads after six straight hours of drinking tequila and rambling. So um, once that gets... Sounds like a night at the McSauce Studios that (laughs) I wasn't invited to. Would you have liked to talk about the documentary 13, or would you like talk about the current political situation i would like to do any of that i would have no if i could have slit my own throat in front of the three of you because i'd have been so fucking bored out of my mind right so if anybody wants to check that out i know that tiff will be putting up a 
probably a multi-series thing because that's what we did we sat around for about six hours of just kind of free free flowing conversation so more than you can chew on itunes and stitcher and that's not to be a jerk about the podcasting talents of uh, tiff Grimm and ian it's it's just that i don't like politics but you guys always bring the heat uh, tiff and Grimm always bring the heat on um <clears throat> more than you can chew and a fireside chat two of my favorite podcasts so uh yeah go check that out ian's gonna bring his talents if you if you want more political talk, you're not gonna get it here, but you can get it there. I try my best to limit myself. And also also check out Case in Point. Yeah, Case in Point had a really good episode this uh, this past week on video games and video game soundtracks. And they Paul, that sounds like your cup of tea. Yeah, it it did. They kept me more interested in video games than you two have for 183 episodes. Well, what was so interesting about what they were doing? I feel like they really tapped into a lot of the nostalgia that I could get behind. Mm. A lot of the, you know, the the emotional feel. There was plenty of talk where I was like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. It's like Jody, J- Jody, uh, Jason, just start telling some jokes. Start telling jokes. Start getting back into, into the nostalgia. Uh, I like that they cut it. They kind of cut it off at the Xbox PlayStation era because that's when I really fall out. You want to talk uh, Genesis? Nintendo, Super Nintendo, I can be in for all of that. but um, And that's primarily what the talk was. Some old arcade games, some big box formats. It, it's a good episode. Good, entertaining episode. They found a way to even make me engaged in video games, a guy that's not normally. Even though they didn't take my top ten video game suggestions on the air. Even though uh, you know they, they didn't want to include any any of the McSauce podcasts that uh, put their top 10 video games up. It's surprising it's still how a good episode. It's surprising how forgiving and open-minded you can be whenever you aren't a, like to your core opposed to the opinions and 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 talking points that a uh, podcast would have. Me and Matt, we sit here and we talk, we talk about nostalgic angles all the time, but I think as soon as we start talking like earlier tonight when we were just having a friendly conversation as friends, as we do, I think we might have gotten, you know, maybe a sentence in, a sentence or two into our talk. And you're like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. Video game talk, blah, 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 blah. I don't think I say that. I think I immediately go to sleep. No, you got shitty right away. Tonight? Yeah. Well, well let's let, let me not be... <laughs> Let's get shitty yeah. on something let, else. Let Let's me, jump let in. Let me not be shitty for a second. Um, and and let Justin Case know that, you know, he mentioned in this episode that he gets some a lot of frequent flyer mileage and uh, he would like to meet us in person at some point. And Justin Case, if you are in the area, if you need a place to, say, to stay, Casa de McGinty is always open for as long as you need it. So if you're in the area... You want to come on the podcast? You just want to go get some beers. Uh, my house is always open to housing you for as many days as you need. Ian's and Matt's too. Crossover podcast and sleepover. <laughs> so Matt, we were talking uh, briefly. The three of us were on a text thread, uh, and we were talking about what we were going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. 
as we Ian often was, do. Ian, as we often do. And Ian said, um, well, I saw the Lego movie. Did either of you see the Lego movie? I said no. And Matt, Ian, do you have this text? Do you have, I have it verbatim? Yeah. What did I Matt say? <laughs> I said. Say it like Matt would say. I, I will just. Put as much as much no, dripping I'm not, no, I'm condescension not gonna, in it I'm going to try not to do that. I said I saw the Lego Batman movie. We could talk about that if either of you have seen it. Me saying that, like, I knew neither of you did, neither of you were going to, so that's... So why'd you suggest that's it? A, that's, that's shitty on my end. So you were instigating. I was instigating, as I do. Matt says, <laughs> I didn't and will not see it. Wait, wait, wait. Do I have will not in all caps? N- no, did then I... why did you emphasize did, will not? Did I... It? Do you feel like I did that? Yes. Uh, that I misrepresented? Yes. Okay. I didn't and will a, not let, see it. Allow me to deliver... The Deliver your own line of dialogue. Man, hold on. Let me. Do you want to see my? Here. I'll pull it up. I'll pull no, it I up. got it here. Wait, no, 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 I can. I can get there. Um. Holy shit! We had a lot to say, didn't we? Um. All right. I- I'll read you again, Ian. I saw Lego Batman. We could talk about that if either of you have seen it. And I promptly replied the next minute I didn't and will not see it and Paul said I haven't seen it and then he says ugh why in all caps will you not see Leto Batman because we know you and we know is as soft as you wanted I didn't and will not see it to be it was clearly a you were drawing a line in the sand you were making a statement about you will not see something as <clears throat> innocuous as the Lego Batman. Paul, it, what it is did feel it did feel because we know you. That's what's about it. Yeah, it, it did feel like this was a political statement where you were saying, "I will not spend my dollars on this for whatever reason." Well, I don't think there was any political motivations behind it. Uh, usually. <laughs> Usually, I I don't attribute political stance with movies, but we um, leave that for Ian. Yeah, right. It, it, um, not everyone's quite as. No, I mean, it just seemed like a statement you were making. It, it was, th- yeah, it was a statement. It totally Absolutely. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Look, what do I say later on? What's the next thing? Duh. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I said. I already paid for I one already stuck Lego my commercial. finger in my butthole and now I can't go to the movies. <laughs> da da da. Is that is that right? Is but that after I said that. Oh, okay. Then you said I already paid to go to one Lego commercial, not doing it again. Right. what's a movie ticket? Nine bucks, ten bucks? Depends on when you go. I paid five dollars. Well, not everyone can go to the... Uh, wait, what theater did you go to? I went early in the morning. It was the first showing at Cinemark in Monroeville. So First show of the day? It was the first show of the day, and you get discounts. Or and whatever. That's how I Five bucks, go. nine bucks, whatever. Whatever. That shouldn't... Uh, I don't think I don't think this is why Matt's not going to see the first Lego of all, movie. I think, according to that statement... If we gave Matt a free ticket, he's not going to see the Lego movie. I'd maybe watch it at home. No, he does say maybe. paid. like For free? Paid on is HBO? the part in here. Maybe. Probably not. Right, but you're still against the Lego movie. Yeah, because, well, because this is your big stand against capitalism about movies selling toys. 
Incorrect. I saw the first Lego movie. Uh, I guess this isn't really a direct sequel, but let's call it a sequel. Saw the first one. It wasn't that good. I'm sorry, but it wasn't that good. It was kind of dumb, and it was not very... I didn't find it very nostalgic. Like, there were a couple things. Like, I thought the little... A couple details I did like, like the cracked helmet on the uh, Spaceman version of the Lego character was cute. But overall, I didn't care about the story. Like, I remember the buzz, hold on one second, Ian. I remember the buzz for this movie when it came out. And it was, what, probably one of the top three or four highest grossing movies of the year. Like, people couldn't get enough of this Lego movie. You know, you buy it into the hype a little bit, you see it. And I was like, yeah, I don't get it. Not only that, it felt really heavy handed in terms of like being frankly a commercial for Legos. I think it's interesting that you said it didn't feel very nostalgic. I don't think that the Lego movie or Batman movie is playing on nostalgia at all. Well, I would have to disagree with that because there were definitely nostalgic elements. Like I just, um, noted the spaceman with the cracked, with the cracked yeah, uh, but helmet, how, like I mean, that that's, something. A one, that's a one-off. But how much I mean, is the is the that wasn't in the market? How much is that old Lego character gonna drive? He wasn't even in any of the commercials. How much is that gonna drive sales well, to I don't, the theaters out of nostalgia? Nobody, because he wasn't. You didn't even know that guy existed. I don't until know. You were already in the theater watching there, the movie. There were aspects of it that uh, that took me back a little bit to when I played with Legos when I was much younger. They had a lot of the city type things, and it just kind of reminded me of when I would actually play with Legos. To suggest that there's not a nostalgic element to to a movie being about the toys that I played with as a child is kind of silly. It wasn't billed as such. It may not have been billed as such, but it was present, and to suggest otherwise is silly. The only reason that's present is because Legos have been around since we were kids. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but that's the only reason it's it's like nostalgic for us because there's no direct nostalgia. Who if cares make, the reason why it was? It no, had it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't billed as a nostalgia movie. If they make like a He-Man movie, mm-hmm. is it is more based on nostalgia than anything else because Legos have been timeless. Like you could like you could make the, a Paul. Com- you could make a Pirates of the Caribbean Lego movie without any of the old looking Lego pieces they're, or they're characters. making a Ninjago movie, which is a right. Hold on, thousands piece, and they're not playing on any nostalgic element at all. Perhaps not, but the general Lego movie, the same kind of Legos that we played with as a kid, suggesting that they are not nostalgic is fucking crazy. You guys aren't making no, any sense. We are because You're Legos not. haven't changed in. 40 years. There but, okay, so, hold on. So what he's saying so, is there's nothing... There's nothing... There's nothing they can do that, about that. They can't escape the nostalgia there, because the pieces... But it's, I'm, what I'm it's saying is present. there's nothing that locks it into one year, generation, yes. age group. I, I disagree with you, Matt. There is. I, what, what I disagree lo- with And I'll explain what. What locks it in is that they're very much... A, a kid's toy more so than anything. Yeah, some adults build them and everything, but what it's locked into your age range at a certain time in your life. When you were probably nine years old, you probably played with Legos. When you were 29, you probably weren't playing with them so much. But if somebody dropped like a whole bunch of Legos on your lap at 30 years old, 
you're going to feel a little bit nostalgic. My brother bought me some Lego sets. Actually, well, they were from my nieces, but let's be honest, we both know that they were from you know my brother's wallet. But I got a couple Lego sets for Christmas. First time I've touched a Lego in 20 years. And it totally took me back. It's a That's nos- something specific to you, though. It's Matt. something specific. It wasn't in no. the marketing... It wasn't in the marketing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was in the marketing or not. Do you need marketing to tell you what is nostalgic to you? This is this is. Uh, I'm asking Ian a question. Let Ian answer the question. Do you need marketing to tell you what is nostalgic? No, I don't. But your point to this this film is playing on that element is which it did a lot. A lot of things do go go out of their way to play on the nostalgia. Even things that are new much like Stranger Things, works on nostalgia, even though it is a new property. Right. Agreed. I don't think the Lego movie was doing that at all. I think that's something that you are, because of your preference to nostalgia, and that's what you put It's not a preference of- to nostalgia. It's, it's a callback to things that existed during your more formative years. To suggest otherwise is silly. Okay, that's fine. Let's move on because we're getting hung up on that. To one of no, we are Matt. No, I don't. But I don't. To, I don't want to move on. This is this is purely objective. That's what you're getting out of it. Like I personally didn't get any callbacks to my youth from the Lego Movie. Because Paul, what is nostalgia to you? What's the definition in your opinion? Something that makes me think of being a child and being a kid. And being younger. So a movie about toys that you played with as a kid has nothing to do with nostalgia? Right. For me, it didn't. Because Legos have been Legos forever. Legos are... How many... Have like, a timeless all right, look, you, no, 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 no. No, you guys shut the fuck up for a second. That's look, a great if you make... Though. Right. If you make a fucking He-Man movie yeah. with the old He-Man figures... Right. Sure, GI Joe movie with the old GI okay, Joe so figures. It needs ah, to go away. I'm not it needs done yet. To go away for I'm not a while. Done yet. No, no, no. no. It, it doesn't have... need to go away for okay, a while. Okay, okay. Those are those are toys from my youth uh-huh. that have that haven't been the same since. Legos have transcended age. Legos are the same now as they've been. That's then. not true. They've but, never okay. gone away. That's oh, not true. They've gotten some different pieces. They've gotten but a the, ton of the different pieces. The foundation of Legos, fuck you. The foundation of Legos has been the same <laughs> when they started to when good they argument. when they are now. Yeah. This is a good argument. Fuck you. And that's a good argument. Yeah. It is. No, fuck you is fuck you shut up. The argument is Legos, the foundation of what Lego pieces are, right. they are the same now. Is they've been since we were kids, and I yeah, there are different shapes, different pieces, but mm-hmm. the foundation of what they are is the same. Mm-hmm. The humans, the people, are still the same. The mm-hmm. basic blocks are still the same. Right. So it's not an right. object of nostalgia. I'm sorry it is for you, and you hate fun, <laughs> and you know things that people enjoy because you have this weird tie to your Lego nostalgia. But for me. I don't have that. We call that fetish. Is it Lego fetish? I don't have that same nostalgia because Legos are like Legos have always been a part of my life. Through all of these 38 years, Legos have always been the same. There's no nostalgic tie to it because they've always been a part of it. Okay. That's fair that you've been actively buying all the Lego sets over your 30. It's not a matter of buying them. It's what they've been. You're constantly up to date on what the Legos are. You're constantly 
like right but paul wasn't there a time when you weren't fucking playing with legos right so, in 19 like 83 i stopped buying legos but i'm an adult i'm an aware adult i know what legos look like i know what can you we can also, do with them can we time out for one second yeah I, I think it's unfair to also categorize legos as a child's toy especially in this day and age because while the pieces have not really changed there are engineer sets that I buy for my brother-in-law who's in his 30s that enjoys building the Leaning Tower of Pisa with Legos. It's not a kid's thing. It's an engineer's thing. So, it, And it also, they're the same blocks. It is timeless. It goes through all ages and generations at this point. Okay. It's Legos not hammered into... Legos isn't something like Blastar that is purely or silverhawks that is purely preying on nostalgia because they disappeared legos have been legos forever paul ian what is the I'm, age range on the box of legos i'm showing you right now let's see here 7 to 12 7 to 12 so it, even Matt, lego can well, you also use that google to pull up the engineering legos that exist that are for older was people. was the engine was the engineering lego versions in any of the movies i'm sure that the the same pieces that are used in both the 7 to 12 and the engineering sets are involved in both we're getting away from the actual like can we move on from the nostalgia part of this because i don't think this is no uh, actually enjoyable <laughs> for anybody to listen to can we move to some you guys are the ones that wanted to ambush if you, if you were what, not prepared is, is it, to have if you were not prepared to I, have I a back and we're, forth no, 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 then no, no, you no, didn't no, need to just, ambush matt don't be butthurt we're moving on to a different point of oh. the lego conversation okay. that we're having it's not an also matt the definition of an ambush is whenever we just come out of nowhere and okay. surprise okay. you did we do that or are we talking about it in a semi professional manner right now or did we also tell you we were going to do this before we started recording like two hours ago right did you bring this fucking up yeah i mentioned that you were going to ambush me earlier and we were like, yeah, we're going to ambush you, which negated any ambushing. Right. That's it's not an ambush. I, I knew you were going to because you both got silent after the, uh, no, we, the message Because yesterday. we were saying we talked about the podcast. it 20 minutes before you showed up. Okay. There wasn't any pause. You're, I was like, yeah, we fucking no, talked no, what, about what's, it what's the next point? Up. What's the next point? Your next weird point. hate for the Lego movie is objective. No, 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 no. But here's the thing. This is the part that sucks, is that Matt's kind of right. Because the Lego movie, the original Lego movie, really wasn't all that good. And if you would say that the merits of the Lego movie didn't warrant your dollars, or you weren't interested, I think that I could get... I, I could go along with that line of thinking. The problem that I have is that you're like, oh, it's just toy commercial. Well, Jesus Christ. I mean, there's okay, so okay. many. It, it is a kid's movie. Okay. We watch a lot of kid's movies. That's fair. Right, right. That's fair. I, I mean, I like, Lego Movie wasn't okay, all that yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, stop. I'm agreeing with you right here. So, you no, and I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I, I probably could have articulated more that the merits of the original Lego movie do not warrant a viewing of its sequel because I did not enjoy the first Lego movie for a number of reasons. But I did find the most egregious to me is that it did feel like a, a commercial for Legos. And I'm Legoed out too on top of that. Like I don't need to have Lego versions of every other pop culture thing that I like. I don't need Lego DC. I don't need Lego 
Batman. I don't need Lego Marvel. I don't need Lego Star Wars. I don't need any of it. Frankly, I've played some of those games and they suck. They're overly simplistic and dumb. I don't find them to be cute. I don't think they have that good of a sense of humor to begin with, like that Lego Yoda shit. It's it's just not a property that I'm into for that. I will say, having probably out of the three of us built Legos the most recently, they are very fun to build. That I will say. See, uh, I like I don't like Legos. I never liked Legos as a kid. I don't like them now. I perhaps think that that's the, why you lack the nostalgia that goes along with it because there aren't fond memories from when you were a child I to ha- today. I had them, but I don't feel like Legos ever went away. And that might also play into they, the fact that I worked went at, away. That that might play into the fact that I worked at a toy store right, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I But it's different when when you have a, a toy that you adore and enjoy and then you kind of like yeah, it's still there, but you're not playing with it. It's not a part of like your your source of entertainment. And then it comes back in some capacity, whether it's a movie or whether it's a toy, but it's still a form of entertainment for you. That is something that goes away and comes back. To me, that's what makes it nostalgic. I understand that. I think that's a personal thing. I don't think that they really played up on that at all in the marketing to try to drive. That wasn't a driving I, you're, you're force. You're right. I don't think they did either, but I don't think they needed to for certain people that did adore those toys as kids. And then when it comes back, that's the power of that brand. That's fair. Now, do you think that, say, Lego Batman, are you you just adverse to also, are there any other pieces of the Lego Batman movie that make you say, like, I will not see it, I will not spend any money to check this out? I mean, look, it's not the Batman movie I want to see, Um you know, the Batman movie that I want to see, <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever be made, uh, but I definitely don't need a musical, cutesy, kids version of Batman. I, I just don't. Like, if I need that, maybe I'll watch The Brave and the Bold or something like that. Um, Do you... I know that for a long time, before we got Batman 89 and before we got the new Dark Knight stuff, and even before we got the Ben Affleck version of Batman, mm-hmm. I was angry or didn't like the Batman 66 stuff because it was not really the version of Batman mm-hmm. that I always wanted. Since we've gotten versions of, versions of Batman that I really enjoy, really like, and think play to the character's core and soul, I can forgive those other sort of jokey, whimsical versions of mm-hmm. Batman. And that's absolutely what this Lego Batman was. Even they, they did have some callbacks to... Batman Returns mm-hmm. and, and the original uh, 66 Batman. But yeah. I, I can excuse all that because I've seen a version of Batman that I'm comfortable with and I say, I can say, yeah, that's exactly who I read in the comic books. Right. So you, as long as you have that definitive version that exists for you, all the other stuff is acceptable. I can have alternate yeah. takes as long as they've done it that's right fine. a few times. Look, this Batman Lego movie can totally exist. I don't care. I'm just not going to see it. Like, I like Batman 66 because I like... When I was a kid, when I was in kindergarten, that was my favorite show. But I took it seriously. It wasn't a comedy to me. It was a Batman show. And I loved Batman all the way back when I was probably five years old. And, it like, that was five-year-old Matt. Like, today, I probably wouldn't react as, as favorably to it because... To me, that's not, 
you know, good representation of Batman. And, you know, look, I'm still waiting for the ultimate version. As cool as Batman 89 was and as cool as The Dark Knight was, nobody's gotten it right yet. Ben Affleck hasn't gotten it right yet. And there isn't a definitive version yet. How about this? Do you think that nobody's gotten it perfect yet? Nobody's gotten it perfect. I still, I think that Batman 89 was was right. It had some pretty jarring differences and very stylistic take on Batman, but I still recognize that as the Dark Knight. The same thing with the Nolan universe. All three of those movies, I felt, got Batman right. Well, those, It just wasn't perfect. No, it wasn't perfect. It was probably the, the most comic book accurate version of Batman. And, you know, to be fair, as a kid... Batman 66 was Batman to me. That was the definitive version. But it wasn't until I got a little bit older and was exposed to more and I realized what I really liked and what I considered kind of the definitive version. That's that's the comic book version. Uh, especially like some of that, you know, 90s Batman stuff that I really like. Um, like Nightfall and those stories. Like when Kelly Jones was, was drawing it drawing the covers to all the nightfall. Even when he started after nightfall when he started drawing the interiors. I thought that that was so good. Yeah, my favorite Batman is when Batman's Jean-Paul Valley and not Bruce Wayne. Well, that was, you know, that's right before. That was for a very short time. Do you remember uh And that was a good story. Tr- like right around that right before nightfall, Travis Tress did some of the covers. Um I don't know if you remember what his art looked like back then, but it was mm-hmm. it was like a hybrid Jim Lee kind of thing. But I thought it was it was before you kind of got any of that stuff on the DC side. So I thought that was nice. But um, I think we're we have we have other fish to fry tonight. Or we gonna since we were talking about Batman, I know that there was they were rumoring around about who is going to be the new director. For the solo Batman Warner Brothers project, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck was originally slated as the director. Got all of us here at the McSauce Comic Book Podcast excited because we like his work. Hey, he kind of fell off. And then, can, can we go off the rails just a little bit here? Sure. Um, Paul looks like he's... Why are you so happy? Is Paul off the rails already? Look at him. Do you see that smile? He looks nuts. Um, He's like the Joker. From- <laughs> so I read that uh, that Mel Gibson is oh, talking yeah. about oh, maybe. Yeah, I thought dire- they. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. going to direct a Suicide Squad sequel. I thought that was almost all but done. How I read the article. Yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, he said he's all for it. I guess, but like, you know, say what you will about Mel Gibson, the man. But I, did you guys see Hacksaw Ridge? His I, latest movie? Did he direct that? Yeah. He did. I didn't, but I heard things about how woven into the movie are... Anti-Semitism was? No, actually, apologies for the things oh. that he's done in his personal life. Um, there were, like, some, some, like, Nazi punchy things, and a character 
kisses a woman like presumptively and she pushes him off like hey you know i didn't Mm -hmm. want that so it's sort of like a consent thing these this is just what i heard yeah that 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 happens in the movie and she just basically says i wish you would have asked me first yeah um but coming from that director you know like I, you can't help it yeah right i i i didn't hear any of this stuff and i didn't notice it when i saw it what i can tell you is it was a great movie it was so, and Ian, you would love it. History based, it's fantastic. I feel like it has to be a great movie if it can overcome your just hatred of Andrew Garfield. Well, I don't hate Andrew Garfield. I just don't. Come on, he wasn't a good Peter Parker. Great Spider Man, not a great Peter Parker. Right, a little too cool, Peter Parker. Yeah, um, and you know, he looks a little bit. Goofy, what's the uh, what do you call his head? What, um, hydrocephalic, yeah, like that original Han Solo Kenner figure, yeah, with the wobbly head. That's very familiar. Look, yeah, it looks it looks slightly water filled, and let's be honest, he has a little bit of a down syndrome face, but other than that, he's quite enjoyable. I am a big fan of Andrew Garfield, I've never seen anything. That I've been disappointed. He played kind of a dummy in in Hacksaw Ridge, so maybe it was perfect casting. I don't know. The point is, great movie. Mel Gibson, I haven't seen all of his movies, but the ones that I have seen have been really good. Braveheart, Hacksaw Ridge. I didn't see Apocalyptico or Apocalyptica or whatever it yeah, was called. Yeah, Apoc- Apocalyptico. And, and he also I, did the Passion of the Christ. I I've, I didn't see that actually, that, but, but everybody loves it. You know, gets really great. I don't know if everybody loves it. Oh, who? I feel like some other people, some people out there, might have a problem with it. Who doesn't like it? The Jewish people. I don't think think it's uh, all that great. Okay, but that's. I didn't see it, so I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that book. I haven't read it, so I don't really know what really happens. Yeah, yeah. I just know Jesus Christ Superstar. That's my well, anyway, reference point. The guy makes good movies. Okay. I, I think pretty much as a movie maker, he's unanimously good. So what's the what was the movie called he did with where he was the teddy bear? That was the beaver, but he did not or he did he, direct it. Did he direct that? I don't know if he Jody directed Foster? it or, not. or was he? He was the he was the beaver. He was the main actor. It was sort of like a. Uh, um, I feel he was a ventriloquist. He wasn't a beaver, was he? I thought he was puppeting a beaver costume or 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 yeah, beaver yeah. puppet. Is that right? I, I don't think. know. What this hap- could be more stuff that we just get. He wrong basically all the time. he basically starts. He has this beaver puppet. And it almost takes on a life of its own where he starts having these conversations with his hand, basically. Beaver hand? His yeah, beaver. and and can I can his I spoil beaver? it? Can I spoil it? Yeah, I'm it? never going to see the beaver. God. Yeah, I guess. Where he, he starts to realize it's taking control, like mentally. So what does he do? Kills himself. He cuts off his hand. Does that it's pretty intense. solve the problem? Uh, yeah, I think it kind of did. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's the right course of action. I feel like since Mel Gibson has been in a couple Lethal Weapon movies, he should be adept at handling 
something like Suicide Squad. Jodie which, Foster's the director. Which needs to have uh, a little bit of levity along with the action, like Lethal Weapon. But is Mel Gibson too far past that at this point? To definitely navigate those waters? Well, I feel like the only movie... I mean, Hacksaw Ridge had some moments of levity, but I'm telling you, when they get into the war parts of that movie, it's like you've seen Saving Private Ryan, right? Yeah, but is that what you want for Suicide Squad 2? Or do you want Suicide Squad 2 to be Guardians of the Galaxy in the DC Universe with bad guys? No, well, no. I'm fine with Guardians of the Galaxy being Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think really any other comic book movie needs to exactly follow that path but tonally tonally yeah i don't i don't think look the the suicide squad should be kind of scary to be honest with you they're bad guys so i don't want it to be fucking cream pies and banana peels i want it to be these guys are really bad but they're also kind of scary and but like but we still like them because they're cool but bad um Maybe Mel Gibson is the right guy to bring a tone like that because Mel Gibson's a little bit nuts, to say the least. But he's managed to save a Hollywood career. Yeah. So, I mean, like, personally, he may be the guy walk, per, like really walking that line. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and I feel like he very much gets invested in the movies that he directs like he, he it's almost like um like a like a method director such a thing like where he really kind of gets involved and understands the material like i feel that he understood the material for um hacksaw ridge so intimately based on the behind the scenes things that i've watched that it just made sense for him to make that movie. You liked it that much that you watched behind the, the scenes. Yeah, well, yeah, I would. Material? Yeah, find things online. And when I saw it, when, when did that come out? In the summertime. Hacksaw Ridge. I, mm, I don't feel like it was a fall? summertime movie. Fall? Maybe fall. Yeah. I, up until that point, I had said it was the best movie I had seen that year. Would you say that it's the second best movie now? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I may still like "Don't Breathe" a little bit better. I really like that wow, one. That wouldn't be the one that I. You know, Star Wars, no Rogue One. Well, Rogue One's probably on the top. Yeah, on the top. But like Hacksaw Ridge is right, right there. It was. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's seriously a great movie. I mean, the the war sequences are so. Uh, November fourth, that was released. Okay, they were they were so intense and so real feeling a lot of the time yeah very in the same vein as saving private ryan only this time we're in the pacific theater mm-hmm. you know it was it's great so anyway i think it would actually be pretty inspired if dc took a big chance and said yeah mel gibson you make the next suicide squad um but i don't know who do we want to be the the Batman director? Is that what it's called, the Batman? The That's Batman. sort of like the working title, mm-hmm. right? Now. Which I think is cool. The Batman, I think it's kind of cool. I've got no idea. I'm not a director kind of guy, so a whatever well, you guys think, Paul, I'm sure okay, I'll be wait, like, wait, yeah, that on, guy sounds on. great. Paul, 
you've seen movies. Yeah. You've even seen TV shows, right? Is there any TV show that you feel like, or a movie that has a particular style that you feel would translate well to that character? I would um, probably pick James Widows. Who the hell is that? He was Mr. Pembroke from the first season of Charles in Charge. He does a shit ton of sitcom work these days. I would pick James Widows to direct the Batman. Why would a shit ton of sitcom work translate well to the Batman? I feel like James Widows has more to offer. Based on what? Based on the fact that he's been mired in just getting by TV jobs all these years. Mm-hmm. I think he's got more in the resume that he wants to offer up. Okay, so that's who you want. Yeah, James Widows. Let's go. Well, hey, look. The uh, the guys that did Community are, are the, the guys that are now helming, what, Infinity War? Yeah. Right? And we thought, oh, that's kind of weird, but... Now they're making what the best of the uh, the Marvel movies. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> yeah, like I are they also who? Wait, who's on the Spider Man movie? I that's was just gonna the, ask that. Those are the guys from the Lego Movie, right? Or yeah, vacation? yeah, yeah. I th- both they did yeah, both. Yeah, okay, okay. So you can pull talent out of mm-hmm. sort of like unconventional places, I guess. So, Ian, do you have anybody? In mind that you feel could could John do Watts is directing Spider Man Homecoming. That could do a, a Batman movie. Um, I'm gonna pull from that uh, that TV market. Uh, Noah Hawley is somebody that's directed a few episodes of Fargo. He's uh, I believe he's mainly an author, but he's he, the right now he's on. He's the showrunner of Fargo. He, uh and he's Noah Hawley. Yeah, and he's direct. He directed a few episodes of that. Right. He also he is pretty the, much made Fargo what that <clears> show <throat> is. Well, there are a lot of hands that were in it, but he is right. the main driving force. Yeah. And right now, because Fargo is on a hiatus, he is the director, writer, and showrunner on Legion. That's on FX, and I've watched a couple episodes of that. Only two have been out, but. It seems like it's a introspective sort of take on the superhero genre, sort of maybe a little bit uh, unconventional, and I feel which like which is kind of what Fargo was, right? Well, I mean, it's Fargo's not a superhero thing, but no, but it was an introspective take on the characters going through that situation, right? Right, and I think that's that's exactly what he's doing so far. Oh, well, Ian, that's inspired. Is it gives all me that chills? Is, is it all that inspired? Is I think it? so. Yeah, I think that's a great pull for for doing the Batman because that's I like as much as like I'm not a fan of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I think there's a lot of merit for the Dark Knight, but overall as a trilogy, that's not the Batman that I want to see. But if someone can pull the comic book elements of you know the fantastical nature of that character and give them the humanity that Noah Hawley's been capable of giving like all of the Fargo cast I think that could be really good so that would be that's my call on a director and maybe not one that would you know normally come up in 
Variety or whoever does the you know these casting calls. I don't think Justin Lin needs to do the Batman. Right? Well, I don't. I don't want to see like a big over the top tent pole kind of thing. If they're gonna do Batman, I think maybe more intimate might be the right way. Um, mm-hmm. Do maybe pull out a lesser known villain and and do it that way. Um, so I I think for shift like uh, like. Can you do the Batman without filling in the holes that Suicide Squad left about where the Joker came from and, like, the Robin drops and the Harley stuff? Like, can you do... Could you do a Batman... Could you do the Batman? Oh, are you saying, have it like, be the damage the long Halloween? Done, you have to, like, do that stuff? Yeah, like, I mean, could you do the Batman with Ben Affleck and do the long Halloween, which is about Calendar Man... And the mob without touching on any Joker, yeah. right? And introduce a new Catwoman without doing any Joker or Harley stuff, because I think, I think that could be a really good, could. intimate story. Yeah, I think you could do that, and it's set far enough away from all that. Other but are stuff. people going to be disappointed coming out of this new DC universe where you don't see why why the Robin suit is hanging with ha ha on it? Why you don't see Jared Leto. Why it has nothing to do with what's already been set up. That's what I want to see. I want to see a cinematic version of The Long Halloween. Aren't we Something the target audience though? Like, aren't we the people that they're making these films Yeah, but for? they don't. They never make this story for us. Or else uh, the Justice League Flash would look like the Flash. He doesn't. He looks like a fucking cyborg with some little red pieces in his suit. So they're not doing this for us. Or else they would make... The Long Halloween, which is the Batman story we all want. I think it's important that this Batman movie be a more intimate story, especially after Batman v Superman and and the Justice League movie coming up. Because those are so big in terms of scope. And frankly, that's not the way that I kind of think of Batman anyway in those big scenarios. I think it's interesting to have him juxtaposed against godlike characters, but I have always liked Batman at more of a street level type character. And Ian, I think that your uh, suggestion is pretty inspired too. I think that's good because it, it gets to that, that intimate core, but where I was kind of going with my pick for a director, I, I decided I referenced the movie earlier. Don't breathe. It's directed by a guy named feed Alvarez, He's only done a couple movies, but Feed F E D E. So not the capital city on on uh, Naboo. No, that would be Feed T H. But right. I Feed Feed. It's if I have a speech impediment. <laughs> like feed, feed the cattle. Yeah. Well, F E D E. Fide. Yeah. Feed. Fed. Feddy. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the McSauce so Grammar the, and Pronunciation so Podcast. So the McSauce, we don't know how to pronounce foreign names podcast. So he did Don't Breathe. Don't he did Breathe, don't is breathe. a horror flick it is, last year. It's a horror flick, but it's not overly horror-esque. Like it's more it, of a thriller. Yeah, did you see it? No. No, okay. Um, it is more of a thriller, I would say, but it, it does have horror elements in terms of uh, the anxiety that it can present, it definitely feels like, you know, the characters are in kind of an inescapable position and the stakes are super high. I guess that is thriller, but it definitely felt like both either a horror movie, both a horror movie and a, and a thriller. And 
it's also very stylish. I don't know if you guys saw the trailers for it, but there were some moments when, uh, when the lights go out in the basement and it basically goes pitch black. And then we were seeing, um, it, it goes to black and white and that's how we're kind of able to see, um, that sequence as viewers, but still giving you the understanding that it's a completely blacked out sequence. And then, um, the, the bad guy would shoot his gun. And when he did it, the flash would like be a pop of color. And it, it's not like super noticeable, but it's very stylish, I think, mm-hmm. but not over the top. And I feel like this guy brings such a, a great visual, um, kind of identity to his movies. He also did the evil dead remake, which was very good. And I feel like he kind of, he's a little bit cut from that same cloth as like a Sam Raimi, but not quite as wacky. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like that would be such a good way of presenting Batman on the, on a more simple level because, you know, don't breathe and evil dead. Those are small movies. You know, they take place with small amounts of characters and, and they're, they're all kind of presented in a, in a, kind of an artistic way in terms of the, like visually the way that they're presented, the way that certain characters are lit. Um, especially don't breathe. Don't breathe. Breathe is actually lit very much almost as if it's like a, like a graphic novel, the way that it's colored, I think. So, um, he would, I think he would be my pick. I, I hope that he becomes the, the director actually, now that I talk about it. I think that small and intimate, stories are the way to go with the DC universe. A lot of people are, we've seen so many big scale, large scale, tear down the world scenarios. I think that a nice move away from that would be a small. It, Yeah. Yeah. I mean like Deadpool was a smaller scale movie. That seemed to be pretty popular. Um, you know, outside of what? Well, no, I mean, some of the big ones about the original Iron Man, like the stakes weren't the world. Yeah. It was just, Stark Enterprises yeah, at that point. Yeah. So in every DC movie so far, it's been the world. And I'd like to just see yeah, maybe Gotham City again. I think that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're I- like it's it's completely possible to make a story that's the pressure of saving one life is just as important as saving multiple universes. Like, in yeah, a lot I mean, of ways, that means more to everybody because none of us are ever going to be in the state of, oh my God, we need to save this world and about a billion other ones. But we could very much be in the situation of, I need to save the guy sitting across from me. Like, an intimate, introspective Batman story, that's the way to go. Like, I, just save, you know, save... Uh, who the fuck is the guy in Long Halloween? There are a lot of guys Someone, in it, buddy. Uh, whatever Falcone. They're trying to say the the guy that the guy that they're trying to save in the end. And I'm being really obscure. Yeah, I, I, in case they go this way for the movie, but like there's, I don't. Think I mean, they're gonna listen to us. No, I, I don't. I don't think so either. But like there's. Uh, I, I, I think it's there's a really that would be a perfect story to adapt though that's a great call by you it would be and there's a there's a great way to tell that story and have it be 
a totally different Batman story than we've seen because we haven't we haven't gotten that story since the 89 Batman like what's the crux of 89 Batman Batman hey, maybe needs to Batman save Vicky begins Vale maybe Batman begins no Batman begins Ra's al Ghul is trying to bring down yeah, the, the entirety yeah. of Gotham yeah like in long Halloween Batman's just trying to stop a gang war in the first part of The Dark Knight, it's him, you know, there's a lot of him just trying to save, uh, what's her face, fucking uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I, I guess ultimately in the, in the Dark Knight, it is, it is the intimate story because it's one guy trying to stop another guy. And the Joker's not trying to bring down all of Gotham like the Penguin was in Batman Returns. Or Mr. Freeze and Batman oh, wait, and Robin. Wait. No, no, no. I don't think he was trying to bring down Gotham. The Penguin wanted to be mayor, and when that fell through, he decided to go after um, all the children of Didn't Gotham. did they push him to want to be mayor? What was his original plot? Like, I don't really remember. Because um, it wasn't the Penguin's idea to be the mayor. To go for the mayor, yeah. What? All right, but the stakes are still bigger than... Typical Paul not being interested in the conversation. He's like, nah, let's go back to what I was talking about. That's not what this is at all. This is the point what, that I'm trying to make is the, like, even in that, those are still bigger stakes than just trying to save one person, trying to stop a gang war. It's, oh, this guy's trying to kill every child in the city. Yeah. That's I'm- pretty big. Yeah, the Dark Knight went from saving his childhood best friend to saving the idea of Harvey Dent. So it was it was even though it did involve a lot of Gotham, the real crux of that film was one person, one man. So that was the last time we saw a smaller Batman story. Well, I would and I would, and I would and counter that. And that movie's held up as the best Batman movie. I would counter that uh, he was almost trying to save the city because it was about showing that uh, you know there's still good in people. What was that ridiculous uh, monologue he had when the Joker was upside down? And the Joker, you're a loon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was, but at the same time, it's like Rachel Dawes or a barge there's of prison inmates. It wasn't like the Joker had placed explosives around the entire city. You know, he wasn't trying to save the entire city of Gotham. It was a more intimate story, but it's not as intimate as something like The Long Halloween. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you're going to. Hopefully, we'll uh, get to see that. Maybe they'll pick. A director that specializes in that? Do we think I, that that's likely, though? No. I mean, we're talking glowingly about a bunch of our picks, but what's a realistic? No, I, I think I think it's going to be someone that's gonna be gotten Justin some Lin. acclaim lately. I think whoever it is is going to be forced to putting Jared Leto and Margot Robbie in this movie. Well, and I really it's not going to be the one that we want to see. I really would like to see Margot Robbie's tits. I, well, can I just YouTube that or whatever? Yeah, but you want to see them present day, son. Oh, okay. So you don't want to what, retroactively look at this? <laughs> no, God, no. Um, uh, so what I 
would like nostalgia beat off. I would like oh, Matt hates nostalgia. Matt does not look at the 1989 Christmas edition of Playboy starring Petra Verkayak. <laughs> off the top of my head. Off the top of my head. Hates nostalgia. This guy over here. Please. I still look at the 1987 version <laughs> of Playboy with Don Edmondson. Yes, Playmate of the Year. Yeah. Woo! Ian, go. Old school Playboy call. Do it. The tan lines on this girl, by the way, Paul, you would have lost your mind. I I can't go. I, t- Tiffany Taylor, do we remember her? Oh fuck yeah, we do. Tiffany, good dude. That's the nineties. I'm sorry, that's as deep as I can dive. Seriously, name wise, you can't even yes. pull some like Erica Oleniak. I didn't like some, her all that much. Pamela oh, Anderson. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, come on, Pamela Anderson, you're better than that. That's too mainstream. I'm trying for to help you. him out. I'm trying to help him out. Uh, Pamela's still kind of yeah. 90s. Allie like. Baggett, come on. Yeah, that's still 90s, though. I love some Allie Baggett. All right, so listen. What the fuck are we talking about? Who knows? Playboys. We fucking <laughs> Patricia Ford? Oh. Was she in Playboys? Oh. Remember Patty her? Ford, mm. Mm. Daddy. So yeah, you were talking about Batman. Yeah. So oh yeah. I really hope that we do see Robin basically get killed. I would love to see how they want to, you know, do that. Uh what I don't want to see is Jared Leto as the Joker, because I do not like his Joker. Uh I certainly don't want to see any Harley Quinn because I hate that character. Do you think that they could go back and have a uh, retroactively fix the Joker if it was, say, seven years before and it's a more in line with what we think the Joker is? Maybe, but, but I almost want them to be like, that Suicide Squad movie was like an Elseworlds thing. That doesn't even count. Do you think that they Oh, that counts. That? I mean, it made too much money for it not to count. I, I hear you, but I don't like that Joker. I don't like Jared Leto as the Joker. I thought I could, but uh, you know what? Let I'm just being honest. I it I don't like it. Very good. I don't like it. Um, you know, he had a lot to live up to, and he didn't even come close. Uh, I hated the the weird relationship that he seemed to have with Harley Quinn. That you know that was never the Joker. The Harley Quinn was you know, from the animated series was so different and so unaffecting of the Joker in the animated series. Whereas now it's like, you almost can't have the Joker without Harley Quinn. Like Harley Quinn completes him. Bullshit. Harley Quinn is as inconsequential as the Lego Batman movie to put it bluntly in. I was mad. I wasn't happy with that either. Like the the fact that they went out of their way for the Joker to go up against Argus to save Harley Quinn, he should be like, yeah, she got herself into trouble. She's fucker. Remember, yeah, like, oh, like he doesn't, uh, one he doesn't my, fucking give a shit. Like, oh, another one of my henchmen that just happens to be like my my girlfriend, but I'm a psychopath. I'm the Joker. It doesn't matter to me. It's okay for Harley Quinn's trait is that she's crazy and obsessed with the Joker but the Joker isn't also obsessed with her. Right. She just works for him. 
so uh, we're, we're kind of running a little bit long. Well, we're not really. We're at about an hour. Ian, would you like to briefly talk about the new Spider-Man series? I, yeah, Matt, I don't have any juice for the new Spider-Man series. I don't know much about it, so I will kindly throw it back to you. Well, th- thank you, because I'm so not prepared, because I don't You're know. You're more prepared than me. I, I really don't know much about it. I know that they're going to try to restart this Spider-Man series in the vein of the Spider-Man that we know. It's going to be Peter Parker. It's going to be familiar things from Spider-Man, but I don't know how they're going to get that done because I haven't been following Marvel Comics for a while. I don't know what the, where that leaves the Mary Jane and the May Parker, I think is their kid who also has powers. I don't know where that leaves any of those things in the current Marvel universe. Um, well, the, uh, the Mary Jane and May Parker stuff, that's all in, um, renew your vows, right? Is that that mainline Marvel? No, it's, it's almost like a, it's unrelated. It's almost like an Elseworlds type of thing. Um, so, anyway, Marvel just announced this past week that uh, we're going to be getting a a new Spider-Man series, uh, comic book series called The Spectacular Spider-Man. And it's going to run concurrently with The Amazing Spider-Man, which is still going to be written by everyone's favorite, Dan Slott. Dan Slott's been on Dan Spider-Man. Dan Slop. <laughs> Dan Slop. <laughs> Um, Dan Slop has been, like, as Paul noted, has been writing Spider-Man for like 10 years or some ungodly amount of time. Frankly, none of which of those 10 years have been very good because Spider-Man has been virtually unreadable for nearly a decade, which is hard to even fathom because he's like our, some of our, some of us here on the McSauce comic book podcast's favorite superhero. Yeah. Spider-Man's at an all time low right now. And, and it's just been so consistently bad. And then you read, Oh cool. New Spider-Man series. Maybe they're going to write some of the wrongs that, you know, have perpetrated this character over the last decade, but not really like it's going to run parallel to the amazing Spider-Man. So what that means is, while the Spectacular Spider-Man series is going to be a more intimate telling of Spider-Man stories, it's going to be more street level. It's going to be more character focused, not the big globe trotting high tech superhero. It's going to be the more down on his luck kind of like, you know, street level superhero, which makes no sense how that's going to work. Yeah, how are with they going to work a billionaire? That, yeah, how are they going to work that in? I don't know, but and I can't find the damn article. Um. I read it on, I deleted our text, by the way. Yeah. Oh, um, were you upset by that? What, that I deleted the text? Uh, that the text was so... Well, I want to see who's writing it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so they promise a, a more intimate yeah, version in of Spider-Man. Thread. I did, because it, it was just to you and Paul. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it... I'm at least intrigued enough to probably check it out because that's that's the best part of Spider-Man is the humanity, which really feels like it's been lost for issues and issues and years and years. 
And they did pull in some pretty high-level talent on this. They got uh, Chip Zdarsky from Star-Lord, also Howard the Duck fame, and they got one of the Kubert brothers, Adam Kubert, from All New, All Different Avengers to do Hmm. the pencils for this series. So those are two names in the business I know that we always complain about not having high-level pencilers and high-level writers. They just put anybody... Who's the writer? Uh, The writer is Chip Zdarsky. Zdarsky. Yeah, he did... Did he write that Punisher story, the Bayou one? Was that him? I I don't remember. I feel like his work's more whimsical Mm -hmm. than Punisher. Mm -hmm. So I think that he's only ever been... I, I also think that he might have been a part of sex criminals i i, I think you're right on uh, yeah, image comics right. so i the way that those are kind of written and howard the duck i read a couple of those and if he's writing star lord and star lord is written as the guardians of the galaxy movie version that How- we all know i think that kind of suits his talents to write spider-man i mm-hmm. think that that's a good person to to tab I always get my Kuberts confused. I'm not sure if Adam is the one that I like or not. So I could be really excited or I could be uh I think a bit Andy, at- Andy's the one. Andy's the one that I like. Uh and, and Adam gets a little too loose with his pencils. Whoever did the <clears throat> ultimate X-Men back in the day is the one that I like the best. I'm not sure which one that is. Um I think Adam, that was Adam. Adam was did Adam. The the Damian Robin story with Grant Morrison. And as much as I love that artwork, I wasn't crazy about the story. But Andy's the guy, Andy's the Qbert that I always gravitate to. So But like I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna rectify this with the jet setting international Spider Man with the light up suit and the spider car and gallivanting all over the world to, you know, save lives. Like, how are you gonna have that that Peter Parker and a Peter Parker that's doing traditional Spider-Man things in New York? Yeah, because this spectacular Spider-Man has a different non-glowing spider symbol, which is sort of the crux of the first uh, cover image, which is him pulling a shirt apart, very Superman-esque, to reveal a different spider-man logo can we ever keep the spider-man logo like sort of kind of similar to the last version or no and we I, just have you to know what i get time. i get dc I does know. it with batman batman's in every title he's off doing every fucking thing and every title but it's always batman it's always in the purview of what batman does you know none of these books are like well this is well, this is that's, your. That's not fair because sometimes Batman's on the Mobius chair. So, that was pump your fucking brakes, man. Oh, come like, on, that was no. That's one example that I just pulled out of my ass. But like, there are a lot of examples of Batman doing no. wild, godlike yeah, things. But that was a one particular arc of a of a bigger story. Like overall, Batman's always Batman. You can always believe that, you know, Batman, yeah, he's fighting Bane and Batman. You know, he's helping out Cyborg and Justice League here. It's never so crazy that 
Like Batman is always well, he's on apocalypse with Superman and Superman and Batman. And and DC's big summer crossover storyline. As far as regular titles go, no. Don't shake your head. I'm Don't shake your head, head because, because that was wrong. in No, I'm right because that was in the big forever evil crossover that he was doing that stuff. That's not even and the one that's that a big I'm crossover. From. That's another What are you pulling? What are you Superman when? It's Superman, Batman, Ed McGinnis from probably you know, ten years ago, but still, right? And they it, always have him doing different yeah, kind yeah. of things. And it was one arc of one story. It wasn't like what what they're doing with Spider-Man right now is they're saying you have two Spider-Man books that happen at the same time. Spider-Man A takes place with a glowing suit and a spider car in Japan. Spider-Man B takes place with no technology in New York with all the original cast at the same time. What DC does with Batman is Batman A is Batman is just Batman by himself with Alfred in Gotham. Batman B is Batman by himself in Gotham with Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Nightwing helping the Justice League. Like it's more I, justifiable. I don't I, know how they're going to justify with you a little bit on that, but All right, well tell me how they're going to justify Peter Parker issuing all this brand new technology. Oh, I have this, no this idea. I don't suit. agree with that either, right. but I think it's the that's, same thing. I think they do, they're doing similar things. But that's my point. It can happen in Batman because they keep Batman as Batman the entire time. They're not changing fundamentals of who this character has become. Well, we don't. That's we kind of don't know any of what they're going to change because we haven't read the books because they're not written or okay. out yet. We don't right. know, but we don't know that yet. No, you're right. You're right. But from what it seems like, we're going, the press releases have been, we're going back to a more traditional Peter Parker, no light-up suit, in New York City. How does that justify with light-up suit, Stark Tech, world traveling Peter Parker? Like, how do you write the same story, supposedly in the same timeline, with both of those characters doing vastly different things. What I'm what my point is Batman is always Batman. It's justifiable that he's with the Justice League one week, he's with he's by himself the other week. But he's always sometimes Batman. He's, in, he's never sometimes changing. He's traveling in time. Sometimes he's fighting space gods and cybernetic monsters and aliens. And sometimes he's fighting he's never, a dude that marks up his skin. He's never changing his costume. Victims. He's never changing. I mean, his, come on, Paul. No, That's no. Such a fucking Listen, you're you didn't held up. On you the, didn't let me finish. Well, you didn't let me finish. You're getting held up on the non-glowing. Spider-Man emblem versus the glowing one. That's what you keep going back to, but that's not really the crux of what's happening in either one of these examples that we're using. Let me finish. Now I'm going to finish. Yeah, he's changing. Batman's not changing costumes. That's the light-up spider part. Also, he's not changing supporting characters. He's not changing his familial element. He's we, not changing. Do we know that about totally. Spider-Man? Yeah, because we don't. The, the current Spider-Man book has Peter off with all the Dan Slott characters. Now they're saying that Peter's going to be back with traditional Daily Bugle cast members. 
That's a day job, dude. Right. It's oh, 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 you're right. There's enough hours in the day to fight the rhino and fight off J. Jonah Jameson's bad newspaper articles in the day. You, and then he's off to fucking India to fight all these new bad guys with his fucking midget girlfriend at, at the nighttime. You understand that's almost exactly what Batman does whenever he travels to the Middle East to fight Raja Ghoul and then travel through time to fight. But he's not, Batman's not doing that in the current DC universe. The way Detective, Ian, tell me, how many DC Rebirth Batman books have you read? Batman, oh. Justice League, Trinity, Justice League, Suicide Detective. Squad, um, Batman, Batman Year One. I mean, how many do I have to... There's no Batman how, Year how, One in the Rebirth line. Batman Year One isn't in the or Bat what, what Batman is Year One is not in the Rebirth lineup of books. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Well, what's the one with uh, Scott Snyder and that's All Star Batman? All okay. I'm sorry, All Star Batman. I'm also reading that. Like how many how many books do I have to read so that I can ha- qualify for whatever thing that you're have trying to have me qualify for? I read Justice League, I read All-Star Batman, I read Batman, and I read Justice League and Suicide Squad. Is that enough? That's five. Is that enough for, for you? Yeah, I, I you know... I've I, read I Batman guess, uh, for a few years besides that as well. Does that also count in, or does it only have to be relegated to the current rebirth No, I guess, I guess you are the ultimate authority on never, the argument that I'm making. I'm not making the right argument, because... I find it hard to believe that Peter Parker, in one issue, can be in Russia with a whole new supporting cast, and then the next day be in New York right, playing the same Spider-Man games that he's always played. I'm not defending that. I'm saying that it's the same thing. I'm, thinking, I'm saying that both are ridiculous. And you're defending one over the other. I'm saying that yeah. they're both silly, and both companies are guilty of doing the same nonsense i i agree uh, yeah I, I agree with that mom is it because i read enough batman no. no it's it's because they're not changing the way batman works in all the batman books batman has the batman's always with alfred he's always in the same costume it's always the same batman and dc always always goes crazy with putting Batman in a billion different books, but it's always the same version of Batman. Like, how do, how are you going to justify Peter Parker being in China with the super high tech, and then he comes back to New York and he's like, you know what, I don't need all these fancy gadgets. It's always the same Batman. Wherever Batman's at, it's always the same version. Batman's never like, you know what, all I need is a batarang for this mission. I'm going to issue all this super tech that I've created. All I need, all I need is my fists. I like all your passion. But, but, but we also don't because I know that you don't read Spider-Man currently. So you don't know what glow glow up Spider-Man does. Neither do I. And we don't know what this new one is because it hasn't come out yet. So you're throwing a lot of stuff on it that may or may not actually exist based on what we already know that 
Peter Parker is currently working with a lot of advanced technology, but now, from the solicits, Peter Parker's going back to old Peter Parker. Like, how do you, like, how do you justify that as a publisher? I don't know, man. I mean, like, we're both skeptical about this. You're not all in either. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, you're, I'm not. You're just as skeptical as I'm, I am about how they're going to pull this I'm off. I'm not. I just, and have it still be the Peter Parker. I just think your argument is ridiculous. Just like Matt's argument for why Legos are nostalgia is ridiculous. That's called a verbal sucker punch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little unnecessary. What do you think? You think... Like yeah, they're they're Marvel's easily gonna be able to do super tech Peter Parker all this fancy stuff. You know what? I'm just gonna go back to making my own web fluid and struggling, even though I own an international business called Parker Inc. or Parker International or whatever it is. You think they're gonna be able to go back? And you know what? I just want to be a freelance photographer. Well, I don't know if he's gonna be a freelance photographer, but. I believe what they want to do is bring him back to New York and base him in New York for these stories, right? And it's going to be a bit more character-centric, and they said we're going to have heart and we're going to have consequences. I don't really know what that means, and I don't think that there are such thing as consequences in the Marvel Universe, so I'm incredibly skeptical. I, I don't know if they need to exactly rationalize how he can be one way in the one series and yet it's still going to run kind of concurrently because back in the days when I first got into comic books I didn't feel like there was a ton like a lot of the time the comic books didn't really mesh you know from like uh, you know the web of Spider-Man to the regular Spider-Man title they could be completely different storylines had nothing to do with each other and it really didn't matter to me so I Look, if they can even get a, an inch closer to what Spider-Man should be, whether that means it's inconsistent with the Amazing Spider-Man title, then so be it. Definitive word from our Spider-Man specialist. Well, I think Ian might be our Spider-Man specialist. Clearly not. I disagreed with Paul, so I'm not. <laughs> yeah, clearly... Clearly, Ian doesn't know. What did he's I agree about. with him though? I don't think I just agreed with him. I don't think you did at all. But if you want to hear, I Ian, was maybe a little less confrontational about it. If you want to hear, hear Ian talk about something that he knows anything about, definitive, definitively not Spider-Man. If it's about history, if it's about politics, go listen to uh, Fireside Chat. Is this going to be a more? I than think you it's going to be episode? a more than you can chew. Joy. Go listen to more than you can chew. Ian clearly doesn't know what he's talking about here. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian with- Dummy Face Sharply. <laughs> I'm Matt Casal. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
toy Can company. I spoil Lego Batman for you guys? Yeah. Very boring. Very long. I didn't like it. I was bored. Really? Are you fucking kidding me? Why did you say that during the podcast? <laughs> I didn't like it very much. I wouldn't recommend you guys seeing it. You fucking asshole. <laughs>